there is no hierarchy of trauma. There are things that might be traumatic to you, but wouldn't be traumatic to somebody else. But does that mean that we should discount it and minimize it because it wouldn't be as traumatic to someone else? No, because what that does is causes you to do basically what your partner, what the system, what other people are doing, which is minimizing your pain, minimizing the betrayal. So when we compare our trauma to someone else's trauma, we are minimizing what we've experienced. Welcome to the Rising Beyond podcast, where you can find hope and healing after a toxic or abusive relationship. I'm Sybil Cummin, a licensed professional counselor specializing in working with victims and survivors of domestic violence and narcissistic abuse, including the youngest witnesses. Over the past decade, I have been honored to witness victims move to survivors and then to thriving in their lives. If you feel alone in your healing process, are dealing with the onslaught of post-separation abuse, or just needing some validation that you are not crazy, you are in the right place. Have you ever thought, you know what, I should just stop complaining or just keep quiet about my situation because mine's not as bad as somebody else's? Maybe I am just over-exaggerating. If you have thought this, said this, or you are constantly apologizing for sharing your story, then you need to listen to today's episode. We are going to talk about the comparison trap within the realm of healing from domestic violence and narcissistic abuse. So welcome to the Rising Beyond podcast. I'm Sybil Cummin, the creator of the Rising Beyond podcast and the Rising Beyond community. And we're going to really talk about how this idea of comparison, comparing your trauma to somebody else's trauma, comparing your abusive relationship to somebody else's abusive relationship, and what that does to stunt your healing. It really creates a stuckness and doesn't allow you to fully heal from this experience. And so it's something that we really need to figure out and be honest about within ourselves so that you all can fully heal. So I wanted to start today. And the reason I was thinking about this topic is in reading or rereading a book called The Choice by Dr. Edith Ager. She is a Holocaust survivor and she is a psychologist now, although now she is sort of retired, I hope. She's in her mid to late 90s. But her books are amazing. She has the choice. She has the gift. There might be other books, but those are the two that I have read. And I wanted to share this quote that she shares in this book. So she says, there is no hierarchy of suffering. Being a survivor, being a thriver requires absolute acceptance of what was and what is. If we discount our pain or punish ourselves for feeling lost or isolated or scared about the challenges in our lives, however insignificant these challenges may seem to someone else, then we're still choosing to be victims. So there is no hierarchy of suffering. 
So this is coming from someone who has experienced what I think we would all consider one of the most horrific traumatic experiences that anyone could ever imagine, which is being a Jew in a concentration camp during the Holocaust. So it seems there couldn't be anything worse. And what she is talking about is that there is no hierarchy of trauma. Her trauma of experiencing the Holocaust is as valid as someone else's trauma of losing a pet, of suffering a job loss, of a divorce, because those things actually are significant to our mental health, to our nervous systems, if we are not feeling safe, right? Anytime we don't feel safe, our nervous systems are going to be like, oh, you're not safe. It's not saying like, you know, there's a dinosaur or a lion trying to eat you. It is this person in court saying these horrible things about you. Our nervous system is going to deem them the same or similar, right? So there is no hierarchy of trauma. So you may be like, nope, I don't fully believe that. And that's okay, because that's what we're talking about today. So maybe you have compared yourself in some of these ways. So maybe you were discarded by your ex, and the other people in your support group escaped their abusive relationship. And just the way that that is discussed within the communities, not our community, but just in general, if you escaped, there's this sense of danger and there is this sense of like bravery that you escaped, which there is. And is your trauma going to be more severe that way versus when you're discarded? If the relationships were both abusive, I hear all the time, well, I was never physically abused or sexually abused. It was emotional abuse and gaslighting and some financial abuse. And so they discount their experience of emotional abuse, of the gaslighting, of the manipulation and the torment because they were never physically harmed. If you don't share children with your abuser, you may not feel like your situation is as bad because you're not now having to fight for your children. Maybe you were able to get a protection order and the other survivors you're hearing from weren't able to. Maybe you were believed in that sense and other people weren't believed. Or maybe you weren't able to get a protection order. So then you're thinking, well, my situation may not, it probably wasn't as bad as their situation because they were able to get an order of protection to keep them safe. Maybe you are in the throes of family court and there are hordes of protective parents who have lost their children due to parental alienation type claims. And maybe you still have your kids. And so your situation isn't as bad as, and so you start to discount Maybe you're focused on that you're employed and other people are not employed, that you have a family that supports you and other people don't have a family that supports them. So it's okay to feel lucky or grateful that you have these positives, these protective factors. So 
if you have a family and friends that are fully supportive of you, you can feel really grateful for that. But that doesn't take away the trauma you've experienced. It doesn't take away the suffering that you had when you were in this relationship and were terrorized every day. It doesn't take away that you are still being terrorized and harassed to this day because of post-separation abuse. So you can feel grateful that you are going through a divorce from an abuser, but you don't have children. So you can feel grateful or lucky or whatever language you want to say, but that doesn't discount the shit you've been through. So trauma is really relative to you, your situation, your past, who you are as an individual, how your nervous system determines safety or not safety, right? So there are things that might be traumatic to you, but wouldn't be traumatic to somebody else. But does that mean that we should discount it and minimize it because it wouldn't be as traumatic to someone else? No. No, because what that does is causes you to do basically what your partner, what the system, what other people are doing, which is minimizing your pain, minimizing the betrayal. So when we compare our trauma to someone else's trauma, we are minimizing what we've experienced. And when we minimize it, it doesn't allow us to fully take a look. And so I think often, because it can be so daunting and scary to really look at what has happened to us and how we've been portrayed or betrayed by, you know, betrayed by our ex, betrayed by friends and family who believe, betrayed by the system, it can be really, really scary to look at that damage. And so we compare ourselves to someone else who might have it worse because that's a way to sort of lighten the damage. It makes it seem not as bad. But this is really doing a huge disservice to you. And why is that? Well, it is increasing or creating the cognitive dissonance that is keeping you stuck, keeping you confused. Because we're not really owning up to all the trauma we've experienced. It's going to increase your shame. Why can't I get over this? It was not as bad as so-and-so's. I was never sexually abused. So I should just really easily be able to get over this. I have a protection order. I should feel safe. Right? It gives us all the should-haves, could-haves, and would-haves which is actually increasing our trauma. So I'm going to go back. So if you haven't been listening to me for a minute or you're kind of new to this healing process from domestic violence and narcissistic abuse, maybe you're right in the beginning and you're like, what the heck have I experienced? I want to explain what cognitive dissonance is because I guarantee that you've experienced it if you've been in an abusive relationship. So cognitive dissonance is when you have two opposing thoughts or beliefs that cannot be joined together or work together. They don't make sense. So an easy one is 
I love this person. I fear this person. And so it's really hard to have both and to live in both worlds. So usually we lean more towards one or the other. Or it could be the ways in which you are acting. So you are acting in complete dissonance or opposite to your value system. So I would never allow someone to talk to me that way. I allow this person to talk to me this way and I stay in the relationship, right? So it's really you have these two opposing beliefs or the way you act is going against the, what you believe. And guess what? You're doing it usually for a sense of safety, but it keeps you really confused. And so if you are doing that as you heal, right? So my experience is not as bad as, as so-and-so's. I should just get over it. That makes more sense. But are you getting over it? I hate that language anyways, but no, you're feeling stuck. You're feeling the effects of significant trauma. It is compounding on itself when we don't allow ourselves to really name it. So we need to own how much harm has been done to us the harm that is still happening. And I'm talking about by our ex-partners, by the system, by ourselves, by our friends and family. Where are we experiencing harm? Because when we can name it, first, you're going to get angry. And so you may be minimizing because that feeling of anger is so scary, right? So very often being angry with an abusive person uh, is not safe. So we stop feeling we, we try to stop feeling that way to stay safe. And yet we're stuck. So if we can name it, we can see it, we can actually start to heal from it. So here's another quote from that book, The Choice by Dr. Edith Ager. This is the work of healing. You deny what hurts, what you fear. You avoid it at all costs. Then you find a way to welcome and embrace what you're most afraid of, and then you can finally let it go. I'm actually going to read that again. This is the work of healing. You deny what hurts, what you fear. You avoid it at all costs. Then you find a way to welcome and embrace what you're most afraid of, and then you can finally let it go. That is kind of what we're talking about. Because if we look at what is post-traumatic stress disorder and what allows it to grow and continue to fester is avoidance. It is one of the most common symptoms of, in fact, it's kind of required to receive that diagnosis, is that you're avoiding situations, thoughts, experiences that might trigger your trauma. So if you're avoiding thinking about it, you're avoiding driving by somewhere, you're avoiding, avoiding, avoiding that actually makes your fear of the thing grow. It is what prevents you from healing. One of the things that prevents you from healing. And so this is why this is such an important topic and an area I really want you to start thinking about. So. If you notice yourself complaining or you notice yourself thinking, gosh, why can't I just get over this? 
it is likely you're minimizing what has happened. So when you notice yourself doing that, or maybe you're in a group and you're like, wow, like mine is not as bad. So I'm going to be small and quiet and not share my experience. I want you to just notice what's coming up for you in that. Most likely it's fear. It might be shame. So I think that first step is naming it. Naming, I just noticed myself minimizing what's going on right now. And then taking a look of why. Like, what am I so scared of? Putting it out there into the world. Maybe because healing from that seems daunting. And you are not alone. There are those of us in this space that can help you heal. And you need to allow yourself to see it for what it is. Horrific trauma that was done to you by someone that was supposed to love you and care about you. It is trauma that has been done by the systems that are put in place that are supposed to protect you. And they don't, right? From family and friends who are supposed to have your back. And then they had the back of your abuser. It doesn't matter the physical abuse or not. Just those acts of betrayal are extremely traumatic and harmful. So we're going to name it. We're going to own it and know that we are not going to carry any shame because of it. And so we're going to share those stories loud and proud because sharing your shame stories will help you heal. It will help you understand the cognitive dissonance that you've been living in. It's going to help you be appropriately angry, which will allow you to start healing. So I hope this was helpful. I hear it and see it all the time. People comparing themselves to others and creating this hierarchy of what trauma must be worse than someone else's trauma. So if you're interested in those books, I will have the links to them in the show notes. And otherwise, I hope that you'll just at least be mindful and start thinking about this as it shows up in your healing process. And we will catch you on the next episode of the Rising Beyond podcast. If you found hope and support through this podcast, there are a few things you can do to help us continue to provide meaningful and value-packed episodes. First, you can follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're willing, while you're there, you can give us a rating and review, which will help other survivors find us so we can offer them this help as well. And if you have the means and desire to do so, you can click on the Buy Me a Coffee link and help provide a small financial contribution to the show. This allows us to spend more time and energy finding the best guests and providing the most value to you. And if you want to work with me and the Rising Beyond community, go to www.risingbeyondpc.com for details.